That's the line. I thought it was gonna be. Um, I thought it was gonna be fucking David Arquette talking to uh, the convenience store worker when he insults him. He goes, "There's a lot of glare coming off that dome of yours." Uh, but no, it's it's Sal Bandini. Remember, you don't let up till you hear cartilage snap or they crap in their pants. <laughs> That's the line. Are you really to get rotten? Hey, this is Real Rotten, and I'm uh, I'm your co-host, Nick Lines. Hey, everybody, I'm Stephen Ramirez, and this is the podcast Real Rotten, where uh, you and three of your closest friends decide to get in a van. You get in this van, you're like, we're going to WrestleMania. And on the way, it's a long drive because this one is taking place in Korea. You're going all the way to Korea in the van, driving across the Bering Strait because that exists in this time. And uh, on the way there, you only have one movie to watch, and none of you know what it is. And it got flung out the window by your worst friend. So now there's no movies to watch. And you drive for six days and six nights, not staying in a hotel one time until you finally get to a hotel. And then right when you get in there, twin, double twin beds. And you're like, yep, it's time to get down and do some wrestling. Four dudes wrestle around. They just go pile driving, DDT, and making love, but with their bodies and not making love. And uh, at the end of it, everybody's exhausted. And they think, you know what? Now's the time to watch a movie. So they go on to the, uh, the pay-per-view, find a movie. And then they say, wait, is this movie under 25%? And that's what we do here. We watch movies that are under 25%. That's where we come in. That's where we come in. That's, that's one of the most epic stories ever. A lot of inconsistencies, but I'm going to let them go. Yeah, yeah. I'm let them go. Well, not really. Uh, fact Corner can tell us about that later. Intr- reintroducing the Fact Corner. Hello, Fact Corner. Hello there. This is Kyle Katsumas. Kyle's back, everybody. Uh, you might have missed him last episode, or you probably not at all. It's really... Uh, who needs them? Yeah, who needs the fact corner? I mean, I said plenty of non-facts last episode, and it was nice not having a, a persnickety voice off to the side to pick my nits. Correcting us and throwing us off our, our, our balance yeah, as, or, as, or, as that just happened. Or not even finding the facts that we, that we desperately need. Yeah. You know. But well, uh, we're, here, we're here to I'll talk here. about wrestling, because WrestleMania is next weekend. It is coming. You'll probably be watching it as you listen to this. Yeah. Because who wants gonna... to listen to Michael Cole? Who wants to listen to insert commentator here that I should know, but Coach, I don't. Coach, Corey Graves. Corey yeah. Graves, okay. You go ahead. It would have been off. Booker T if he just wasn't the worst. Yeah, right? You can you can actually put this on during during wrestling, and it'll take up about an hour and ten minutes of the six-hour broadcast. We're so, going to live sync live sync this with the Ronda Rousey debut, and, and she's going to walk out in five, four, three. Two, one. Okay, now now watch this because it's going to be a hot take, just like Ronda Rousey's debut. Yeah. Steven, we need to get into this episode. Sure. But before we do that, okay. what was the last movie you saw? Last movie I saw in person with not a, with, with, with not a artificial intelligence uh, uh, being in my place. I would have to say last movie I saw, honestly, with, with, without any question, uh, I, re-watched, uh, I re-watched The Sixth Man. Oh, you re- I rewatched it. Wow. I had to. I had to. There Shout was a 24... out to old episode. Was, the yeah. Sixth Man. Shout out. Count it. Literally. Go um, back and listen to that right now, and then tune back into this. I one. had to. I, I had. You know. I had, still had 
six hours left on the 24-hour rental. I, I was I could kill an hour and a half, so why not rewatch Marlon Wayne's debut, uh, de- starring debut role? How the hell that the second time around? It didn't. Okay. It didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I fell asleep. It was okay. Worked out. That's great. Well, I watched a TV production of the heartfelt American movie, American uh, Pie 2. Oh, wow. Yeah. TV production. TV production. So, so they remade it for the TV? So we didn't see any of the boobs. Yeah, no oh, wow. boobs. Uh, no, they even cut out like the peeing on, well, I guess I could see why that happened. Uh, the peeing <laughs> on Stifler, they cut that part out. A lot of uh, a lot of the, the, the better parts of the movie just just didn't the exist whole, at all. The uh, whole emergency but, room scene. Yeah, the emergency room scene. You saw bits and pieces, but it was really just him not in a diaper and then him in a diaper. Yeah, unexplained diaper. It's always great. What do you think? American Pie 2 or 1 or Reunion or Wedding? Best. <sighs> if you only had to watch, if you had to go to a desert island and then they're like, we need to torture you in some way. You have to pick one of these movies. To watch for What's the rest the one of that my would, life? Yeah, what would be the least torture one to pick? I haven't seen American Reunion at all, so oh. I'll have to say American Wedding, because I did watch that twice in the movie theater. Wow. Yeah. I did like American Wedding. I, looking back on it now, I'm actually... I might be going in that direction. I used to think that American Pie 2 was my favorite, but now I'm, now I'm thinking that might not be true. Yeah, you have to throw out the original American Pie, because it's just so it's just so soul-crushing. Just that one scene. We yeah. all know what it is. Yeah. It's the most soul-crushing scene of all time. It's the most one of the most embarrassing movies of all Mark time. Mark Hoppus, you ruined the movie for me. Way to go, Mark. Hello there. <laughs> bringing, bringing back, also a throwback uh, reference. Yeah. Yeah, into the last episode that we just did, which you should listen to, and you should also follow us on the social medias. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Go to the site, realrotten.com. Leave us an email, realrotten.gmail.com. Real Rotten Podcast. Yeah, give us ideas. Yes, tell us what movie you'd love to hate. Do you think you're funny? Come on this podcast and prove it to the world. And by the world, I mean possibly 100 people. Yeah. But I I think all you need is 100 for a sample size, right? Family Feud does it. Yeah. And they act like that's a real opinion. So I'm going to go ahead and agree with Family Feud. Not agree with Steve Harvey, but I'm going to agree with Family Feud. Sure. As one should. Yeah. And we're here for the business to get the business done, we're here for Ready to Rumble, the uh, David Arquette vehicle, along with Scotty Kahn in one of his earlier roles. Yeah, uh, one of his premier roles. Yeah, before he got onto that uh, Hawaii Five-O hype. Yeah, before he got into his slick, slick back hair hype. Yeah, yeah, the slick back hair, slick Scotty Kahn. Ba- this was, yeah, this was three months before he could slick back his hair. Yeah, this is high and tight. Scott Kahn. Yeah, it was the stronghold of the early 2000s when uh, everybody had the spikiest hair possible, and only the spikiest kids were the most popular. And highlights. Yes. Don't forget the highlights. I did bleach my hair one time. That's... I was probably... I think I was in fourth or fifth grade. I wish I didn't know that. Yeah. But um, I didn't even do the whole bleach. I did the, the skunk stripe in the middle. Oh, wow. I was adorable. Can we, like... And then I had to buzz it off because I went to a private school, and they don't allow bleached hair at private school, apparently. So the blonde kids can just be blonde whenever they want. But us brunette kids can't experiment with, uh, you know, our looks. First off, did you did you say brunette or brunette? I said brunette. Uh, I think you're brunette, but that, that makes more sense. <laughs> no, it's like February. February. You always pronounce the other R. Two, um, just no. This is this is going to be my last episode. I cannot associate <laughs> with someone who bleached their hair, let alone bleached their hair down the middle. What what hairstyle is that? It is, was the spiky bleached hair hairstyle. I believe that's called the skunk. Yeah. That's the skunk hairstyle? The skunk hairstyle. Yeah. 
You should be ashamed. It's coming back, and I'll do it again. I'll, I'll be Kyle, ready fact, and willing. Fact that check in the future. Mark it. Got it. Mark and, it, dude. And also, Kyle, is it pronounced brunette or burnet? I believe the and correct pr- pronunciation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get back to that one, Kyle. Okay. We'll cut all this, Kyle. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, he's working on his Brunette. back corner still. Yeah, we'll cut all this. Don't worry. Brun. But we're here to talk about Ready to Rumble. Yeah. And to do that, we're going to need the help of a guest. But before we get into that, we're taking a break. And this episode has been brought to you by... Honey. Good old delicious American honey. Don't buy that Chinese shit. It's buy American. Always. Hashtag buy American honey. USAhoney.com. Find your latest and greatest sources of, of, of honey and honey varietals. Yeah, they send, You'll find they orange send blossom. you bees. Orange blossom. You can get North Dakota bees. Orange blossom. Montana bees. Apple blossom. Virginia bees. Honey blossom, believe it or not. Florida yeah, bees the suckle. Yeah. yeah, those exist. They're called killer bees, sir. Yeah, they send you all the bees, and you can even make your own honey. It's... Believe it or not, they make a savory honey. Did you know bees make a savory honey? I thought all honey was savory, but I was shocked when I found out that it wasn't. It's it's oh so sweet most of the time, but the savory honey you're gonna want to find more of a uh, more of a, a layered varietal like onion blossom. You know, you know what's great? Garlic drizzle. You know what's great to drizzle some honey onto? What? Your bear tongue. Oh. It's delicious. Also a tongue a tongue of a bear. They yes. love their honey. Oh, yes. Winnie the Pooh, honey addict. Yeah. You know why he's addicted to honey? Because uh, he's not sweet enough. Because it's amazing. Yeah. That's and also you true. Would, you're going to be addicted to once you sign up for honey.com. T- USAhoney.com. USAhoney.com. You got to remember. If you go to honey.com, it's going to be a uh, slash, slashing deals it's it's Machine. it's it's false advertisement. You're just gonna see a lemon party if you go to honey.com. So just don't look it up. And if you put in the code real, that's R W E L. You'll get ninety four bees for free. Nice, nice. Yeah. And, and no queens. That no. means you got to search for the queen. Yeah, you can only you queen. only get drones. You All only get drones. the workers. Yep. They will be delivered by drone, which is the most exciting part. They'll show up and they'll fly away because hey, you <laughs> yeah. need to prep by getting a queen. You got to be there to catch them. Have a nice old bee mask on. And remember, folks, stay beautiful. And we're back. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I heard that we have a new guest this podcast. We do, and it's and, and I'm I I have to say this. I do have to say this. This is one of the only times in this podcast, probably the entire podcast history, where we will actually have a thorough expert. And not only the field of, of the specific movie subject, but of the entire industry itself. That is shocking. Who yeah. is this person and how did we come across such a, such a if we, mighty if we, man? If we may, we'll go through your, your, your MDIB, if, yes, if you don't mind. We're going to. We'll just go ahead and name off his highlights. But first... We'll, we, we'll introduce him. We'll, we'll we need to give him, him his but, credits. But to introduce him... Credit, but, credit where it's credit due. Yeah, we're going to go through... Just his last 11 credits in, in visual effects. <laughs> the Mummy. The most recent Mummy. Mummy 2017. Yes. Not it, to be confused with Mummy 99. Alien Covenant, Ghost in a Shell, Rings, Allied, Star Trek, colon, Beyond, yep. De- Deadpool, Daddy's Home, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Transformers, Age of Extinction, Two Ages Back to Back. Little did people know that. Ageless, and, if you uh, ask me. And Pacific Rim. Pacific. Poughkeepsie Rim. 
Poughkeepsie Room. It was Gene Hackman's uh, trilogy <laughs> of uh, the French Connection because he wanted to know where these people actually pick their teeth in Poughkeepsie. Do, uh, yeah, Poughkeepsie Room. La- ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, I bring to you uh, an illustrious guest by the name of Lucas Glassoff. Lucas, Hi. thank you. Hi. Hello. Nice Hello. You welcome, Lucas. Hi. Thank you for the kind words. Yeah, Glad yeah. to be here. You're quite welcome. Which of those credits do you say are you most proud of? Uh, most proud of probably Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can look at the rest of them and you can probably get a couple of... Uh, couple episodes out of my my imdb page yeah i would say so we're looking at we're yeah, looking at you transformers eggs of extinction oh yeah. yeah yeah that was a rough one as well as the mummy we've we almost did the mummy twice <laughs> it's gonna on happen two separate occasions it's gonna happen yeah, so as a, as a visual effects coordinator uh what do you do uh well uh facilitates uh the work that uh that the artists have to do. Uh, and I've since moved on from uh, the coordination to editorial department. Uh, my page isn't quite up to date okay. at the moment, but uh, you know, make sure uh, the artists have everything they need, check their schedules, work with all that kind of stuff, and really work to, uh, to hit deadlines and, and get the movies out the door. So it's, you heard it here, you ass clowns at IMDb. <laughs> Let's refresh the page. Yeah. Come on. This that's, is the internet. Is that your job? Yeah, that's my job. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to blame IMDb regardless. Yeah, he sent an email months ago. We were all CC'd on it. I'm almost positive. Yeah. They didn't get my hot take. But it's very exciting to have somebody that actually has an IMDb page. Yeah. Um, Once in a lifetime. Which leads us to our our first game, Uh To Get to Know Lucas. It's called Let's Get to Know Lucas. Does Lucas Know Himself? That's a a great game. I like that. Oh, wow. Let's Get to Know Lucas. Does Lucas Know Himself? All right. Working title. I have the top four. On your IMDb. When was the last time you looked at your IMDb page? Oh, I do an ego search every uh, three or four weeks. So yeah. probably in the last month or so. That sounds that sounds in line <laughs> with like every project that you work on. You're like, oh, I'm so done with this company. Oh, I should stay on there a little get bit this longer. Next credit. Yeah. Okay, and if you didn't know, IMDb takes your four most known for and uh, puts them at the top. So can you name... Your four most known for most known films. for uh, probably Pacific Rim, Deadpool, uh, to do Avengers, and Daddy's Home. Ooh. Maybe I don't know. Here's what they have as your top four: they have Deadpool. Okay, you're right. They have Pacific Rim. Right again. Then they have Star Trek: Colon Beyond. Colon Beyond. Yes. Okay. And your last one is The Mummy. Really? I mean, it is the latest. most recent, so yeah, maybe that's yeah, why. Yeah, it's the most recent one to come out. So, but yeah, that that's exciting. I'm I'm glad that you have so many that you you <laughs> weren't even right on your own top four. Yeah, it's great. Ah, oh, we we just have to take a moment to appreciate our podcast hitting the next level. You this is episode. Something? This you is episode twenty. Yeah, this is episode twenty. Welcome to episode twenty. Big timers. And uh, we're we're coming up on our year mark, and I think we've really just. Stepped it up, and I can't wait for it next week when we just go right back down the drain. Right back down. <laughs> and uh, so we're, we're just going to relish in this moment. But the movie that we're here to talk about is Ready to Rumble. Of course. The 2000 classic. Classic. Some call it a classic. It's a classic to me. Most, I will most, be the first star you that. Most critics don't call it that. That's unfortunate. Uh, but before we get into that, Lucas, what's your history with this, this film? This film? Uh, well, I remember seeing it. Uh, God, I must have been eighth grade, freshman year of high school, somewhere in there. And uh, absolutely loved it. Thought it was great. Uh, and as a uh, wrestling fan growing up and still to this day, it, it holds a very special place in my heart. And, uh, you yeah. 
just loved it all around, top to bottom. It, it was completely absurd and ridiculous, but it, it means something to me. Yeah, so let's get into your wrestling credentials. How long have you uh, you been a fan of the wrestling world? Oh, man. I remember the watching uh, when I was real young at my grandparents' house and watching Yokozuna beat the ever-loving hell out of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And I was so upset about that, and I wanted to call my cousin Nick because that was his favorite wrestler in the world. And I was like, oh, Nick, Yokozuna just beat him up. He's, he's, he's dead, dude. He's gone. Yeah. And so that was back in like 90, what, three? Uh, so since then, you know, we didn't have cable in my house growing up. And so as soon as I got the internet, bam, right back at it. Going on the old like WrestleZone and all the old websites. And then, you know, ebbed and flowed a little bit through college. But, uh, you know, once I discovered Reddit and uh, Squared Circle... Uh, that brought me right back in. I'm like, oh, these are people talking about it. They're just as passionate about it as I was. And I've uh, been, uh, been stuck to it for last, you know, probably eh, eight or nine years. Just really glued to it. And I absolutely love it. It's a commitment. I'd say that wrestling d- has had a resurgence in popularity. Among, Nowadays. I don't know if it's among people that are willing to admit they're wrestling fans now. But I, I do remember the early... Like, when I was in middle school, when Ready Rumble came out, like, I saw my first match when I was in, like, 7th or 8th grade. But since then, I, I remember later high school and then college, it was not that big. But then in, like, the last five or six years, I kn- I've either had more friends that watch it than ever or more people that were telling me that they were finally watching wrestling. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely had a, a resurgence in, like, acceptance. It's more of an acceptance phase now. It's it's it, it's maybe it's because really maybe it's because we're older. It's really cyclical because it's every what fifteen years or so. Like it, yeah. it sort of goes out, but it comes back in. It's just the new generation because you know the people who who organize it and who support it nowadays as a profession. They watched it when they were children. Oh yeah, and so that yeah. was back then, and so they want to get that same passion, that same emotion, but you know, tweak it a little bit for the kids. Yeah, and we got adults now who were kids during the Attitude Era watching Stone Cold and The Rock in their heyday. I think that's who, what it is. Who have kids now, and they're like, hey, this is a PG, family-friendly product nowadays. I can share this with my daughter, and she has female superstars to look up to. Yeah. I can share this with my son and not have to be worried about he, him seeing a pair of tits on TV when I can't really explain that to him. Mm, yeah. uh, kind of a thing. And it's so, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was my first match I ever saw was a bra and panties match. Nice. There you go. And that's when I was like, I love wrestling. I, who wouldn't? <laughs> yep. Who wouldn't? And I thought that that happened like all the time. Turns out that was like not special. a very, <laughs> that was kind of a once in a year thing if it ever occasion. happened again. Yeah. So I uh, quickly got over that and then fell out of wrestling. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> yeah, I think that's why this movie resonates uh, so so well with with Lucas as well as myself. It's we we grew up watching this, and this was a movie like right in our right in our in our teenage years, if you would, emerging teenage years. And so it's it's a movie that'll stick with you because it it resonated with you. It was the exact market. It was the exact time, I guess, for that it, movie it to come out. It influenced our supple young minds. It did. It did in the best way possible. We all know. Don't mess with Randy Savage off the top rope. And just to be upfront, I, I, my role on this podcast today is going to be as the Mark. Yeah. Okay. You're a total I, I, Mark. I'm the total. I'm a fucking Mac, like a fucking Mac Wahlberg up in here, <laughs> and uh, meaning that I don't really know what wrestling is, and I might think that it's real. I've heard that I've been a Mark. Do you not think it is? Is it real? I don't know. I'm still on the fence. You're about asking it. the wrong question, sir. <laughs> it's still real to me, damn it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. 
We all we all know what wrestling is, okay? Well, I don't. I'm in the mark. I'm the mark. All right. Okay. It's all right. It's not fake. It's predetermined. Yes. So uh, get learnt yes. by by telling us more about this damn movie that you watched, an educational film. Yeah, it was also my first time seeing it all the way through. Oh man. So very exciting stuff. Uh, the movie was directed by Brian Robbins. Mm. Brian Robbins of uh, is it is he a movie is he a TV producer Brian Robbins is that the same Brian Robbins uh, like Mike Tolan Brian Robbins or am I wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Forget it. Forget it. Yeah, I didn't have this shit up. Yeah, it's not pulling up for me. Yeah. He's <laughs> well, not, he's not. he did do Varsity Blues. He did Varsity Blues. And I did see some TV on his IMDb. Okay. More importantly, Stephen Brill wrote, wrote the film. Stephen Brill still writing to this day and still a, a occasionally successful writer. I what's, his, what's his most successful... Uh, uh, Little Nicky in 2000. Right, right. Okay. That's what he's most known for. Okay. He also wrote one of my favorites, Mr. Deeds. He also wrote uh, Sandy Wexler. He was an actor in Sandy Wexler. He was an actor in Sandy Wexler. Wow. He wrote Walk of Shame. He also wrote D3. Hey, Mighty he's Ducks. A, also, remember Stephen Brill. He's yeah. a return, return, return writer <laughs> from D2, Mighty yeah. Ducks. He's responsible for a lot. He wrote all of the Mighty Ducks and Heavyweights. Yeah. He's responsible oh. for my childhood. Yes. Thank you. Brian Robbins directed Hardball. By the way, I was right. Oh, Brian Robbins. Yeah. Brian Robbins, legendary film, uh, TV producer for all that. Um, yep. What I like about you, Sonny with a Chance, Smallville. He's the executive producer of Smallville, by the way. Uh, Blue Mountain State, Fred the Show, and One Tree Hill. I love Hardball. I just rewatched Hardball. Holds up. Hardball's great. <laughs> Stephen Brill, also director. Mostly only directs the new Adam, the newest Adam Sandler feature. So Fair whatever that is, that's the one he did. All right. Um, the movie is starring David Arquette and Scotty Kahn, as previously mentioned, and then it's got the Oliver Platt, the Oliver Platt, who might as well be American Knighted. We talked about this last time. Yeah, is he, he's American. I believe so. Yes, he is. And uh, then we got some wrestlers in there. We got Bill Goldberg, Dallas Page, as. Bill Goldberg friend, and Diamond Dallas, Diamond Dallas Page. And as our friend Lucas was telling us, there was a John Cena shot inside very, of the movie. Very briefly. Very John briefly. Cena's also in this. Uh, Lucas, I know you can name more wrestlers. Please give us five more wrestlers. <laughs> yes. in this All film. right. Sting, Disco Inferno, Conan, Rey Mysterio, Billy Kidman. An unmasked. Harry Saturn. Uh, yeah, unmasked Unmasked Rey Mysterio. Mysterio. Uh, and uh, what? Pensacola. Uh, I can never pronounce his name. Uh, Prince Akua? Prince Iakea. Iakea, there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sid, Vicious, Sid Vicious, Harry Saturn. Uh, who else was in this one off the top of my head? Uh, Juventud Guerrero. Oh, yeah, the Juice. Hoovy. Mm-hmm. Oh, the yeah. Juice. Hoovy Juice. Yeah, he was, he was pretty awesome. It's because he drank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very sad life. Uh, actor-wise, we also had Rose McGowan mm-hmm. in a role that she went on to regret. Uh, we had the Martin Landau. The Martin Landau. Oscar winner. Yep. Martin Landau. We had uh, Caroline Ray from Teenage... Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Teenage Mutant Witching... Witching, <laughs> witching Nerdles. And uh, last but not least, my boy, Joey Pants. Joe Pantaleone. Yeah, Joey Pants. Joey Pants. <laughs> Love, Love me some Joey Pants action. I just rewatched The Fugitive and... Uh, Briefly after that, I watched U.S. Marshals. Oh man! Did you watch Joe, Matrix? The back to back. Oh so yeah, I, I should have. I should have added some Matrix. And after that, just going to full Joey Pants off, pants on the marathon. <laughs> Joey Pants off, dance off. Oh, I can't get enough Joey Pants. But we'll save that for another podcast. We should just do a strictly Joey Pants podcast. Oh sure. Pot keywords. We have the words cage. The words released in 2000 in USA. 
<laughs> which which is just weird that somebody would look up all those words stringed together as a plot keyword. Uh, we have king, champion, and professional wrestling. Yeah. Tagline, sometimes two heads are simply more than one. Okay. <laughs> I don't believe that. That one could have been thought Sometimes through. two, it literally says sometimes two heads are simply more than one yep. on the poster. Okay. Yep. <laughs> While they're crammed inside the the pit of some ungodly huge being, yeah, holding both of them in a headlock yeah. at the same time. Yeah, and I can't read what the second line says. It looks so much funnier because it's a, all I can read is dot 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 <laughs> face first. It's like, oh, I want to know what the beginning of that sentence says. Ass up, probably. Ass up. Uh, studio is Warner Brothers. Release date April seventh, two thousand. Yep, that sounds uh, about right. Rating PG thirteen. It's about. What, 18 years old? Yeah, it's hitting the 18-year mark. Wow. Which is just crazy. Yeah, what a coincidence. Yeah, it can go in the military now. Yeah, Ooh. congratulations. You're conscripted, son. PG-13 rating, 107 minutes. Rotten Tomatoes rating of... 23%. 23%. 16 fresh ratings, 53 rotten ones. 52% score on the audience scale, which I thoroughly agree with because that's what a comedy movie usually is, about 50-50. Yeah. Budget was $24 million. Uh, the gross in the U.S. was $12,394,327. And foreign, it went overseas. It made an astonishing $58,000 overseas. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. It almost cracked the $13 million mark after all that. <laughs> it almost made back half of its budget. $58,000. Yeah. i am pretty sure that was one prefecture in Japan that, that went and watched that film. <laughs> Did you have some trivia you wanted to lay down on us? I think I think Lucas is best at the trivia. He did, he did his homework here. Lucas, is there a favorite trivia that you had? Favorite trivia that I had. Um, as a wrestling fan, it was really cool seeing uh, the Sal Bandini character modeled after Stu Hart and Luthez. And it was just like, hey, hey a nice little homage right there. I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty pretty clever. Uh, other bits of trivia that Eric Bischoff was going to play himself. In the movie, but he got fired before they started filming, so they actually had to replace him with Joey, uh, uh, with Pants. Joey, Joey Pants. Pants. Yeah, Titus Sinclair. And uh, yeah, Titus Sinclair instead of Eric Bischoff, which I think actually helped the movie a lot mm-hmm. uh, to have actual actors working with the wrestlers and working with the other actors. Because, uh, eh, like you, Bischoff, you did some good things, made some good TV, but eh, no. Nah. That'd be, that'd just be going for like for the him. total wrestling audience, which, yeah. which they needed to expand it at least a little bit more. And may I just say for clarification for you civilians out there, Eric Bischoff was the former head of the World Championship Wrestling franchise. I will say that I never watched WCW. That's a shame. I only caught on in the WWF. Oh, times. I double dipped every time because it was the best time. Because what was it? <laughs> Nitro, Monday Night Wars. Nitro was on at eight o'clock. Yeah. And then Nara was on. No. Or eight to no, eleven. Eight they to had eleven. The three hours. Yeah, so I they had the three that. hour block. So it would be eight to eleven Nitro. So I'd watch an hour of Nitro and then oh I'll just watch Raw for a little bit and then just switch back and forth because yeah. usually the commercials counterbalance. So every yeah. time I would the commercial break, what happened? I'd just switch it. It was great. Great. Just hit the back button. Hmm. And, and you know WCW, it was it was it was a subpar product compared to the WWF, but they still had solid wrestling matches. Oh yeah, they had great wrestlers. You know, Chris Jericho, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, all those guys. Uh, well, they most of them had jumped ship they by the time ship. the movie mm-hmm. came yeah, out. Right. But, yeah. but yeah, they brought all those guys in, all the cruiserweights. They killed it. They mm-hmm. were always entertaining. Yeah, yeah, it said this movie was made. The purpose of this movie being made was to regain WCW's fan base that it was losing. Yes. Oh yeah. 
They were losing the Monday Night Wars big time. And judging by the $12 million it made, I'm saying it did just that. <laughs> it did just that. It sunk It sunk that ship. Yeah. When when was WCW uh, fully defunct? Defunct. They got bought out by WWE in April 2001. Wow. So this was, this was a year later. A year later. A yeah. year wow. later, yeah. This is, they're in full Vince Russo mode at this time. You know, when you do the Judy Bagwell on a pole or Viagra on a pole matches. Uh, oh, wow. And that kind of ridiculous stuff. <laughs> <Well, laughs> then they have a match in a garbage dump or a junkyard match. Probably. I know they had that. WWF did that too at yeah. the same time. You know the hardcore title, which was defended everywhere. I do yeah, remember junkyard, one... junkyard wars where they had to build like trebuchets. You know. <laughs> Maybe that was just my childhood. Right, so, yeah. so the one specific like gimmick that that the WCW pulled off, and I think worked the best, but they quit using it for some reason. I wonder why. They would have an event with three wrestling rings, and they would oh. be called World War Three. Uh, yeah, and World it would be like the Royal Rumble on steroids. Like a hundred wrestlers would descend upon these three rings <laughs> and fight until whoever gets thrown off. It was the most incredible match I've ever seen in my life, and I wonder why it didn't the, work so the well. War Games matches, yes, which would be the two rings side by side with the Hell in a Cell closed-in cage over the top of it. It's incredible. Uh, WWE uh, resurrected that for uh, NXT wow. uh, in December, which was pretty cool. Wow. The gimmicks. I'm a, I'm a fan of that. I love, yeah. I love yeah, me a gimmick. A That's why I've come to appreciate wrestling for what it is now is I, I love a good storyline. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll take a storyline with the acrobatics and the physicality that they do. Some of the best actors slash, what's the word for? Entertainers. Entertainers. Sports, sports entertainers. entertainers. Some of the best sports entertainers, entertainers. in the goddamn business. Speaking of which, uh, uh, because of the storylines, uh, they asked David Arquette after this movie to be part of the WCW. Uh, and he yeah. was actually the world heavyweight champion at one point David for about Arquette? 24 hours or uh, a week. For, for a couple weeks. That's it was, crazy. It was after, uh, after the movie came out as a promotional tool. They put the belt on him. And uh, he held it uh, for a while. I can't remember when he dropped it. I'm not sure how long it was that he held it for. Uh, might have been a couple months. He also wrote like for the WCW as uh, well. Him? I don't recall. He might have. I know he, Freddie Prince used to write for WWE, mm, yeah. which was, uh, well, Prince Jr. Freddie Prince, Prince Jr. Jr. Yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. did. Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. was an active member of the WWE creative writing roster. Yes. Wow. Yeah, for quite a while, too. That is, that's awesome. I love both those guys. Yeah. <laughs> both children of famous actors and comedians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> married yeah. to someone who was more successful than they were. Absolutely. Oh, both married up. Yeah, you got to marry up. Oh, Sarah Michelle. <laughs> they like it freaks. I can't. This is Do the, I rest my case. This is the height. Which I also watched in, in a theater, by the way, the this day is, it came out. This is the height of David Arquette. Yes. He was right in his wheelhouse. He was, I mean, he was freshly married to Courtney Cox. I think the Cox. height of anybody's life is freshly married to Courtney Cox and then heavyweight champion. I yeah, think those yeah, are all you yeah, need he, to be. You can only heavy- go downhill from are there. Are you yeah. kidding me? Which he's no longer heavyweight champion and he's no longer married to Courtney Cox. Yeah. Fair enough. And now he's playing DJ in Pee Wee's Big Holiday. <laughs> yeah, that's all he's got going for him. He's actually got a, a film called Saving Flora coming up. Everybody should watch that. They're going to be the sponsor on our next episode. Because we're the only person to ever mention that movie on a podcast. Womp womp. <laughs> so we have some blurbs that we can get into before we get into the actual feature film. Yeah, sure. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes blurb is humor at its lowest that isn't funny for kids and is insulting to adults. That's pretty great. Nick, what's your blurb? My blurb. You want me to go? I'll go. Yes. My blurb from John Hartle, Seattle Times. The entire movie is essentially an attempt to fill silence. <laughs> I mean, what movie isn't? Let's be honest. But I appreciate the the honesty. 
Mine is from Edward Guthman at the San Francisco Chronicle, a top critic. He said, isn't worth the price of admission, even for wrestling fans. And then he gave it a four out of four. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. But he, he gave it 100%. <laughs> four out of four. Maybe he watched movie. it on like TBS and he was like, you know, it's free. I might as well give it four stars. <laughs> yeah. He was I just don't like, have to pay for it. It's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe he saw it for free. Yeah. And that's why. That's why it's four out of four. Now I'm picking up on that, uh, that joke you I wouldn't pay to see there. this movie at all. Wow. Edward. You uh, you need to Edward. You still maybe, meta. Maybe he just doesn't understand how ratings work as a critic. It's possible, unlikely but possible. It's okay. He might have got k- kicked in the nuts too many times, like Jimmy King, so rattled his brain by centrifugal motion. The nut kicking was out of control, but we Love will it. get to it. First, we need to do our two minute recap. Okay. And. <laughs> I'm putting both of you in charge of the two-minute recap. You know what? I'm going to concede my minute to Lucas. He can do it in two minutes. He can All do right. it the, the entire whole movie, movie in two minutes. Do you oh, remember the movie shit. enough? If not, I can I can cover. No, no, I got you. Okay. I might, if I point at you, then you, you jump in. Feed, feed you. Feed you the line. I got you. All right. All right. And I will it. look at the timekeeper, who is Kyle. Who's keeping the times? Or, do we have an air horn? No, no air okay. horn. The I, air horn is Kyle's voice. I can okay. do the air horn. <laughs> All, All right. right. Ready? God, it's all right, ready to rock and roll. Fighting as an air horn. Whenever you're ready. Okay. All right. All right, movie about two best friends and lifelong uh, wrestling fans go to see their uh, their hero, Jimmy the King, uh, retain his title, but through some uh, screwy backstage politics and uh, troublemaking, he is screwed out of his title by Titus Sinclair, the head of World Championship Wrestling. And uh, due to their devastation... Two best friends go on a cross-country journey uh, of self-discovery and uh, to help revitalize their friend uh, and their hero and get him back up top, get him his title back. More or less, yeah. And then what happens? And yeah. then what happens? It's the full story breakdown. Full, full story. story breakdown. So the full story breakdown would be, uh, so David Arquette, they get, they get yeah, a cross-country. Yeah. They get a cross-country. They, uh, they, uh, they find out where he's hiding out. He stole his parents' RV. He's living in a random trailer park in Florida. Uh, they go and approach him. He, is a wa- he feels like he's a wash-up. He doesn't care anymore. Um, he practically gives up, and they force him to, to think, hey, no, you can actually get revenge on these people. So they agree to get revenge on him. They jump. Uh, they jump the WCW head and the new newly crowned champion the very next week in New York City. Um, the the new boss says, "Okay, you can come back, but you're gonna fight in this triple cage for your belt back. And if you win, all you, if you win, you're gonna get a million dollars and your belt back. But all you gotta do is survive. And Jimmy King is in no way, in shape, or form ready to do that. So David Arquette sends sends him to the, the old school the old school wrestling guru known as Sal Bandini. Um, he helps him get in shape in a relatively, uh, extremely fast mo- uh, fashion. Uh, One day, t- Titus yeah. Sinclair decides to, to twenty seconds. Oh, he decides to uh, to ruin Sal Bantini's life, but uh, he's a tough old bird. He took it, but he told Jimmy King, "You just got to be strong." And Jimmy King went and trained the rest of his time in preparation for the event in Wyoming, which is where the best friends are from. He goes to Las Vegas. He goes and and takes takes control of what he needs to. With Gordy's help and with uh, with the with the best friend's help, he wins the title. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. More or less. <laughs> and that was ready to rumble. Um, overall, let's let's say, did we have fun watching this movie? Thoroughly. Yeah. Thur- I enjoyed it every time I watch it. I learned something new. I enjoyed it as a as a first time full full length viewing. I thought some parts were just in 
fucking sane, but I thought yeah. the rest of it was just totally fine. Yeah, of course. Overall, good movie. Oliver Platt does not strike me as a wrestler type. Um, which is why he didn't do any of his stunts. Yeah, which is why he didn't do any of his stunts. Oh, Chris Canyon. <laughs> but we can talk about that in our first segment. Everybody's favorite. Who made the movie work and who didn't work in the movie? This is where we pick our favorite actors and our least favorite actors in the future film. Steven, start us off. Who, who made the movie work for you? This is a no-brainer. Who made this movie work was Martin Landau. Martin Landau is Sal Bandini. That's the greatest character in any wrestling movie that will ever be made. He is the man. He was the man, is the man, will always be the man. Sal Bandini, want to wrestle? Sal Bandini, want to wrestle? <laughs> Sal Bandini. Kyle, can you look up what Martin Landau won his Oscar for, please? Yes. I believe it was. Lucas, who made the movie work for you? Who made the movie work for me? Uh, I think David Arquette did a really great job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I agree with that. He, you know, knowing that he was a wrestling fan, you could see that you know he had a passion for it. He really was enthusiastic about the role and making the movie and having fun with it. And uh, you know, his his tone, you know, fit with the kind of ridiculous. Like nature of the film itself, yeah. Kind of how over the top the whole thing was. was oh goofy. my god! I'm sure he only talked. No to pun no- intended. <laughs> he only talked in a normal voice for like half of the movie. The rest of it was literally <laughs> screaming as loud as he could. Yeah, absolutely. Wrestling's not fake. <laughs> Which I actually enjoyed. Crowning, achie- crowning achievement in his acting is always a screen. If you put David Arquette in a screen and just be like, he screams for half of this movie. And you will enjoy it. I would not believe you. <laughs> Who made the movie work for you, Nick? Uh, I will go with... You guys chose, chose the two that did work for me the you most. You can agree yeah, with one of us. I'm going to agree with both of you. Okay. Say both? No. Take the coward's way out? I'm going to say Martin Landau. Yeah. See you in the fire. It was okay as well. Less than one. Possum ain't dead till it's scraped off the road. <laughs> That's Martin right. Landau, you just couldn't look at that guy and not laugh every time he smiled. He's great, and his lines were great. His acting was great. Obviously, he's an Academy I mean, Award. You know what? Winner. I'm gonna go with Joey Pants. Joey uh, Pants. Joey would, Pants. He would be a great actual GM in wrestling. I'd say so. I think that he he has that like sneaky, tricky rat vibe. To he's him. a great actor. Yeah, he's a great actor. He just has like the scumbag look to him, and I just love that he wore a cowboy hat and like yeah. the those and the Indian, Indian the leather t- jacket. Yeah, oh, Indian God. leather jacket. The tassels. So ridiculous. And welcome to one man suicide tonight. The WCW belt is on the line. One million dollars is on the line. And one man's life is on the line. Oh my God, but he strikes you as like the the type of GM that would get booed every single time he walks into a and he's a ring. also a bald man with a ponytail let's not forget that in yeah. this in this film he he has a ponytail but he's actually bald maybe when a hat explains uh, that's that. kind of a rip on paul Heyman there paul Heyman, exactly yeah. ecw is a con- conglomeration <laughs> they have a 10 head but then they have a ponytail yeah yeah but i, I thought that he was a very believable gm and uh and I liked his name, Titus Sinclair. Reminds me of the Titus that exists now, who is also just the worst. Uh, <laughs> Titus Andronicus. Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil, the Titus brand. Uh, maybe he got that from Joey Pants. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. Fat Corner, what you got for us? 
Uh, Martin Landau won for Best Supporting Actor in Ed Wood. Ed Wood here. Oh, Ed Wood. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Ed Wood. Oh, that was the year that fucking Samuel got screw job. Got boned out of it by Martin Landau. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Well, they probably no. didn't expect him to live yeah, now, oh, yeah. much longer. 20 years. Now yeah. I'm conflicted about Martin Landau's Academy Award. No, he was great as Bela Lugosi. So who, who did not work in the movie for you, Stephen? Who did not work for me? Um, I feel like Caroline Ray could have done a lot more as Jimmy King's uh, ex-wife. She she was funny. She could have been a lot more funny if she wasn't in the movie. How about that? She could have done a lot more by not even being in the movie at all. Yeah, she was like a pointless famous face to have in there, really. Yeah. yeah. She she was there for two scenes, and one of the scenes, her only lines were just kick Oliver Platt in the balls. I could still kick you in the crotch. <laughs> yeah. Kick you in the diddly. Lucas. All right. What didn't work for me, or who didn't work who for did me? Who did not work? Uh, I'm kind of split on this one because I want to say Oliver Platt mm-hmm. because I don't buy him as a wrestler. Yeah. But I did love his washed up, hopeless, uh, you know, has been performance. You can act the hell out of being uh, yeah, a loser. He did great on that, but I just don't buy him as a professional wrestler. No. And, you know, he did the best he could with what he had. And I feel like his finishing move, the crown, jumping off the top rope and just dropping your fist on top of someone's head, they're like, well, what can we do with Oliver that we can actually film him doing? I'm not going to do We don't have to have a, st- a stunt person in for this. Let's yeah. see. Yeah, you just jump off the top and boop, bop him on the head. Like little bunny foo-foo. Yeah. <laughs> Bopping all the little field That's mice. why he should have been king bunny foo-foo. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree with you there. I was get, My who didn't work for me was Oliver Platt Oliver wrestling, Platt. and who did work for me was Oliver Platt the rest of the movie. Okay. Because I thought he, <laughs> he's a he's, he's funny guy. He is a funny guy. He's great. And uh, it was just, I'm glad that they made him the king because he, he, he got to wear that like huge bulletproof vest thing. Yeah, that giant, uh, <laughs> uh, his that giant, giant tunic. Knight, his tunic vest to, to cover up his belly because you know that he was just not in shape to oh, do this wrestling. Definitely 300 pounds. And uh, yeah, and who else didn't work for me? I would say... Uh, Rose McGowan? Rose McGowan is close to not working. She was she was the one that I, I was not convinced by. I think you can't even say that, though, based on Me Too itself. It's like you got to... Yeah. Rose McGowan gets a pass now forever, apparently, from what she went through for the past 25 years. Allegedly! <laughs> Kyle, cut all that. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle, cut, cut all of that out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go with what I said at first. Yeah, let's yeah. just leave it at that. <laughs> Sorry, let's reel that one back in. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fresh start, fresh start, fresh, fresh start. Real, real fresh start, Morty. Uh, Scotty Khan, though, we got We got to talk a little bit about Scotty Khan. We'll give the honorable mention to Scott Khan. Yeah, honorable mention. I thought he, he did was great. I thought he was totally fine. I thought he was good in like the the coming around as like the. So you had the David Arquette, who's like the extreme wrestling fan who mm-hmm. who believes everything that he's putting out. And then you have the Scotty Khan who's like just self enough aware that he gets it. But he's very you down think that he gets it, but at the same time he's all in on it anyway. I think we all would have that friend that for wrestling where you have that sort of down to earth. It's like, yeah, I'll get excited, but I'm not gonna get that excited for it. Like it's great, but it's not that great. Yeah, like I know this guy probably has a real name that's mm-hmm. not this name. But I'm going to go along with it's, it anyway. Yeah, it's like it, Scott Conn realized like halfway during the movie. It's like, wait, I know this is fake, but I can still make a shitload of money if I work in the backstage area. So I'm going to do that. And then I'm going I'm to... I don't have to beat up my body while I'm doing it. Exactly. Either. And still bang all the Nitro girls, obviously. And the chick from Wyoming, who's just one of the guys, quote unquote. Yeah, there was the, the David Arquette turn near the end of the movie when... 
Oh my God, we didn't talk about his dad, the cop. Oh, that was the whole conflict. That's right. So yeah, he was so, supposed to be a cop during the entire time, but he loved wrestling so much, and his dad didn't. So apparently, that conflicted with his cop lifestyle. Yeah, but what's so so the he went from like zero to a hundred, and then a hundred back to zero. Yeah. So all of a sudden, he's like, I can't be, I can't be a wrestling fan anymore. But even like the the cause of that didn't make a whole lot of sense. No, he couldn't he was be just, a wrestling was, fan because he had a test. It was like all of a sudden it was just like, oh, not a wrestling fan anymore. Like I'm out. And yeah. then he, he's not back in until he realizes that being a cop is like a good gimmick. Yeah, it's actually the alter ego that he's always been wanting. So, yeah, weird. But I did. I, am the law. <laughs> I will bust you. But his dad was the best that he just pointed a loaded pistol at him constantly. Yeah, that's like, great. At his own son, constantly arresting him and pointing a loaded gun at him. <laughs> you either and, become a cop or I will murder you. Yeah, and just yeah. shooting his fridge over and over. This guy was just off the handle. He was just like, he was just willing to kill anyone. Oh, <laughs> like, the whole family comes home uh, after a, uh, coming back from Nitro or whatever, and they all are sitting there in their uniform still, late at night, sunglasses, like sun- giant aviators and hats still on. He comes in the house, they all point the guns at him. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Hostile Wyoming so, State Trooper family. Shout out to uh, the dad cop. Shout out to Wyoming, too. That, that state does not get enough credit as settings. Man, I might add. <laughs> yeah, the best setting. It was great. We're gonna say Wyoming was the best setting because I know they didn't. I know they filmed segment. it in it's Northern California. There's no way they filmed it in Wyoming. It was probably Northern California somewhere. And the next segment that we like to do on this podcast, Lucas, is called the best and worst scene. Uh, sometimes it's the best scene because it's the worst scene. Sometimes you have two different ones. It can be one scene. It can be two scenes. What scene stands out to you as a yeah, as a, a moment in the movie? Uh, early on, uh, when he. Um, Gordy has his fantasy about oh, yeah. beating up the clerk inside the, the Quickie Mart. Jimmy King's a big fat loser. He's a sissy in tights. There's a lot of glare coming off that dome of yours. Squirrel nuts! And that was hilarious. I think that sets the tone for the whole movie and just kind of being a little over the top and, and you know, little fantasy type stuff. And then following up to that, uh, one scene that just always stuck with me, even to this day, um, with the slushy, yeah, yeah, slushy which is all the butt fruit settled at the bottom. <laughs> like, oh my god, holy shit! Uh, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're getting into. Strapping for this roller coaster. This is gonna be a wild, yeah. bumpy ride. Yeah, I guess the first the first seven minutes of the movie really do like say this is what this movie's about. It sets the pace. So yeah. you're either you're either in the butt or you're out the butt. Yeah, and <laughs> there's no two ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, yeah. I got no I got no buts about it, Stephen. Did you have a scene that uh, that you you stuck out to? Because I know that both of you have seen this movie dozen, Exce- dozens of times, an excessive amount of times. <laughs> yeah, to, to would be an understatement. Um, best worst scene for me um, would have to be, I would say, the entire scene of them crashing. So after they're coming back from Monday Nitro late at night, um, they're super emotional because Jimmy King got screwed. <laughs> They accidentally oh, yeah. overturned their their. <laughs> by the way, their job is septic tank service, so yeah. they clean out uh, porta potty septic tanks. You know, they drive a truck full of ass juice. That's from the movie, not my quote. Um, they decide they get over emotional and they overturned the truck. 
spewing all sorts of sewage all over the freeway as they're sitting waiting taking a police report um a big rig for some reason does not see the dozen police cars in the middle of the freeway nor do they see overturned big rig truck and um (laughs) realizes their mistake a little bit too late overturns their uh, uh big rig and it just so happens to be toilet paper so not only is everyone smeared with sewage and 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 all that great stuff there also smeared with toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. It just exploded. It's just a bunch of loose toilet paper rolling around in that big rig. It's like a cannon just shot out. Yeah. Yeah. It even has the sound effect. Pew! Yeah. yeah. It's Fireworks. Just, yeah. It's just like, hey, should we package up this toilet paper before we put it in the truck? Nah, just start throwing it in there. It was it's just, just a joke. Like, they immediately thought, oh, as soon as they finished the script, it's like, it's not funny enough. We need to punch it up. Oh, they drive a sewage truck. Let's make them crash in a toilet paper truck. And now it's a joke because i did think the best acting of the movie overall was them in the truck driving back trying not to cry yes like them just like trying their best to be mad and being like <laughs> no he lost and like dealing with the loss was huge for them and yeah. they just weren't able to do it and it caused and they blamed it on the allergies yeah. stupid bogus allergies embarrassing <laughs> oh, claire allergies <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was definitely the best acting in the movie um, I'm going to pick, I'm just going to go to the end. I'm going to pick the, the cage match at yeah. the end, which I just it was thought, epic. which I thought was good. Well done as like the final set piece of the movie. Worked. Although it, although it had the worst line, it did have the worst line. It did have a few of the King, worst lines. Who are you fighting for? Me! <laughs> who the hell are you fighting for? Me! <laughs> <laughs> Not even like, it was like, uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was just bad. It was yeah. just bad. <laughs> But I did, I did like the whole triple cage thing that they had to go up into the other cages. Yeah, I wish like that was that. real. Yeah, that that's a pretty dope cage match overall. I liked. Uh, I didn't like that Scotty Khan didn't get to wrestle at least a little bit. Right. Uh, even and then the the three other entourages that they brought, it w- I really could have benefited from them fighting with the other entourage a little bit. I would have liked to see. Uh, the fireman. Yeah, it was it was just fireman all, Fred. All the worst people, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, just wrestling and getting their asses kicked. Even that yeah. would have been funny. Can I can I just give a shout out quick? Best best uh, best scene stealer. Uh, best scenes always is the old lady. The old lady from Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah. She had the best scene Wedding Singer because yeah. she's in maybe ten seconds of the entire movie, yeah. and three scenes, but they're always the grossest, funniest lines of all time. Her line of saying, "Oh, if you're going to the wrestling show, bring me back a T-shirt." extra extra tiny extra small that's gross <laughs> yeah and he just pays her she just pays him in meatballs yeah in the wedding scene yeah 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 How, shout out to meatball grandma meatball grandma <laughs> that's probably her name yeah uh but yeah the the ending ending cage match i thought was well done i thought diamond dallas did a pretty good job he's in great the movie too. yeah he's yeah great. He, his I, acting was pretty solid in that mm-hmm. out of all the wrestlers i thought he did the best acting Best acting, and he's also the most active uh, veteran wrestler, I would say, with DDP Yoga. Uh, yeah, I mean... Shout out to DDP Yoga. You'll get in shape. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Get you stretching in. Get you stretching. All right. All now, right. And now we're going to move on to... Everybody's favorite segment. That's what they tell us. Yep. They they all tell us this. We're actually bringing it back. We haven't done it in a while. It's uh, Best Lines. Best Lines. This is... a. If you, if you didn't know, and you are stupid and don't understand the title, it's uh, we say the best lines of the movie. Sounds good. Most memorable lines. Uh, my most memorable line, I'll start us off, is uh, David Arquette when he says, <laughs> and that's basically the voice he makes for the whole time. So I'm choosing all the screaming lines. Oh, all the from screaming David, lines. From David Arquette. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, because I can't, I wouldn't be capable of hitting that pitch in my entire life, and he does it for probably close to the 14 minutes if you just put them all back to back. Yeah, all of his lines That'd culminate. Be a really good supercut. Yeah, it, that's the whole movie is just David Arquette yelling. If somebody can make that supercut and get it out in time for WrestleMania, you're gonna rack up at least 50k views. Oh yeah, Blue Apron might yeah. sponsor you. Oh wow. <laughs> what about Squarespace? Get some of that internet money. Um, my favorite line is, is obviously from the legend Martin Landau as Sal Bandini. Um, it's where he's training the local high school wrestling team and they're all leaving, uh, <laughs> yeah. they're all leaving his practice, uh, bloodied, bruised and broken, uh, to put it generally. Um, and he, yeah, those kids were fucked up and he was commending them though for a good practice and, and he gives them a, uh, he gives them a hot tip on, pl- on playing their opponents. He goes, uh, good. I'm just finishing up with the local high school wrestling team. All right, Wackers, go home. You did real good today. But remember what I told you. Apply pressure until you hear cartilage snap or they crop in their pants. Which I think is very prevalent advice. <laughs> it's, it's necessary advice because it shows them you're the tough guy. You're the tough guy on, on the mat. Luke, All you, right. got, you got a good line Favorite for line. Well, there's the uh, the Jimmy King catchphrase, I will rule you. Yeah, That's which right. is just uh, ridiculous. So yeah. Or I will rule you. If they thought it doesn't take any effort to create a good wrestling catchphrase. Yeah. 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 Ah, come on, guys. Uh, but one that stood out to me, at least one scene that just kind of felt awkward. Uh, and so the line, the only F-bomb they drop in the movie, because it's PG-13, they're only allowed one, when Sinclair is giving Sting a motivational speech to stay on his side, and he says, don't let King win the win the title, or I will fucking kill you. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, holy crap, this took a serious turn. So serious. You will not allow Jimmy King to reach that belt. I will kill you if you fuck this up. You know, best acted scene by Joey Pants in that and Sting, you know, just looking stoic. Mm-hmm. All just, you know, as Sting did. As yeah. Sting did. Uh, yeah, they, <laughs> the crow rip off. Yeah. Emphasize his jawline just right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The lighting was perfect. He had, you know, crow magnum brow and everything. It was oh, perfect. Yeah. And in one of two scenes that Sting is in. And if you're not a wrestling fan and you're watching this, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I don't know who he is. He's just coming out yeah. of the rafters with a baseball bat. Yeah. They made it seem like he was the guy that was going to wrestle against him. Mm-hmm. Like, at least to me. I don't know. Maybe was I just wasn't factor. keeping up. Also, going going off of that, like he kept saying, like, kill him, but don't kill him at the same time. Like The whole end of the movie is like, if you survive this match. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, he loses if he dies? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like, if he dies, he loses. They were saying that so much that I thought that somebody might die at the yeah. end of this movie. I was just like, are they going to actually try to kill him? I think that was... Was Sting cool. going to actually kill the king? He could have. Sting the king. You know? That's why wrestling's real. Whoever says it's fake, go jump off a bridge. <laughs> And now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. I sure. Think. <laughs> every segment, everyone's favorite segment. Everybody. Everybody, everybody loves every segment. Every, so yes, loves every segment. I mean, how could you not like all the segments? And then it's like your children. Like you're not gonna say, well, no. Everybody has a favorite child, right? Am I right? Mom and dad. Yep. Yeah. It's Nick. It's Nick. Okay. It's always Nick. We know. It's always Nick. <laughs> Screw them. It's me. Uh, it's time for top five. To 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 top five. Five five five. Or in honor of Booker T, my fave five. 
There you go. Oh yeah, the five, the the top five, top five, top five, top five, top five. No, world right, champion. Fine. Yeah, world champions. No, it's, champion of the world. No, yeah, sure. five time. Yeah, world champion. You ruined it. That's it's fine. Right? That's Kyle it. will cut it. <laughs> I got it. No, I, I got was it. trying to do a riff on five time world champion. Top five. It's okay. We'll move on. Um, so yeah, it's the top five. Yeah, we're all gonna do our top five personal top five for. Favorite wrestlers. Favorite wrestlers of all time. These are real wrestlers. Of all time, yeah. yes. Real wrestlers. No Jimmy Kings on this list. Yeah, no Jimmy Kings. Unfortunately. No, uh... No Mickey Rourke? No Mickey Rourke. No, no Ram. I'm trying, no I'm trying Ram to think jams. of other movies about wrestling, yeah, and there whatever, are none. What no Ram jams. Like, yeah. I'm trying to think of, uh, of uh, yeah, no. Uh, no Captain no, Insano. Captain Insano. Uh, Captain no Insano. Mercy. Captain Insano might make it into my top five. Nope. We, uh, Sorry. We, we already that. made the rules. <laughs> just the way he laughs at the end. I just love, I just love the... the <laughs> he, almost, he almost cries from laughter. Yeah. Personal top five wrestlers. Um, we'll start at number five. Who you got? We'll start at number five. I'm going with my guy. He wrestled tonight in Raw. And he lost, of course, because he usually does that. But he's uh, he's always been a man after my heart because he he's he's dedicated and he keeps getting a shot. And I, I'm gonna keep watching as long as he does. And it's Gold Dust. Oh yes, I love <gasps> love gold me dust. love me some Gold Dust. Any guy that can dress like that and paint his face every time and still commit. He is a, for he, twenty plus years. Yeah, for twenty plus for years. So so long. A it, full bodysuit wrestling. You know how much that takes a toll on your body besides wrestling itself. A lot. Steven, number five. Top five uh, uh, leading off the list for me. Um, he's a childhood hero. Um, up until uh, up until I learned the truth about a, a few of his matches. Um, up until I learned the truth about wrestling, to be honest. Um, my number five was uh, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Uh-huh. A legend in 90s WWF. Um, he was known for the sweet chin music, the, to- the flying elbow, uh, a la Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, but I learned that um, he was not too scrupulous when it came to his acquiring of the WWF Championship via Bret Hart. Uh, the Montreal the, Screwjob. The Montreal Screwjob. I know I'm about so that. surprised <laughs> you know about that. Well, it's... I did go to a wrestling uh, viewing party, and I, I studied up before I went. Oh, good Just job. so I didn't look like a total mark. Yeah. The Montreal Screwjob for, for, for civilians is, uh, is an event uh, for the WWF Championship in the early 90s between uh, Brett the Hitman Hart and uh, Shawn Michaels. Brett the Hitman Hart thought he was going to win, as most wrestling matches are predetermined, but was told, uh, but, but the referee and his opponent were told differently, and he loses the title and immediately leaves the franchise of the WWF. Yeah, 1997 Survivor Series. Oh, late 90s. Lives in infamy. Mm-hmm. It's it's world famous as being like the only real wrestling match, right? And it gets <laughs> replicated every few months in one fed or another. Oh, of course. And even you know the opening match for Ready to Rumble, it's kind of a take on that. Yes. Yeah, it really it's a screw job. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a complete screw job. That's, what's, that's the idea. Behind what's your it. number five, Lucas? Number five. Oh man, so difficult. Um. Uh, well, I have to eliminate one from my top five because he is not to be spoken of anymore oh, no. uh, due yeah. to uh, certain events in his life uh, and things that he did. But, uh, you know, I'll go out there. You can't go wrong with any of these top five. I'll go with Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero, the legend. Viva yeah. la raza, Latino heat. He was awesome. Yes. Lost him way too soon. He was Also he was tragic, fantastic. yeah. Very tragic. But, yeah, I was a big Eddie Guerrero fan. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, Wasn't he a world ch- a heavyweight champion, too, for being a cruiserweight? One of the, one of the oh. first ever? Something like that? Yeah, he was pretty small, but he did beef up a lot in his later years. Mm-hmm. Uh, still doing a little bit of flippy shit, but he was he was fantastic. Yeah. Number four, for me, uh, I wanted to get one diva on the list. Okay. And this is where I'm going to put in my diva. 
and I've uh, I've come around. It was it was between three or four of them, and uh, I think I'm gonna settle on uh, Stacy Keebler. Stacy Keebler. Yeah, I agree. Not the greatest wrestler. No. But uh, she entered the ring very well. Yes. And she held her own. <laughs> yep. For the, for the most part. Yep. Uh, Trish Stratus was the close second, uh, because she was actually good at her job. For yeah. Most of it. She actually was a wrestler. Yep. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Stacy. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Dated George Clooney for a little bit. No. Yeah, shows oh, she yeah. she's got some intellect on her. Good for her. Yeah. And former Baltimore Ravens cheerleader. Wow, uh, that's a hot take. All right, number four, out of respect, out of uh, out of being like a uh, you know across across level, across the levels of sports entertainment to straight entertainment to sports itself, you got to give it to The Rock. The Rock, he's the, mo- he's the most famous wrestler of all time. He trumps Hulk Hogan, which many hardcore people would disagree with. I don't disagree with. He's, he's obviously an international superstar on many levels, not just for wrestling, but for movies, for TV, for well, yeah, music. He's the, he's the biggest actor in the world right now. Absolutely. Yeah. The highest paid. Yeah, Hogan didn't have the crossover appeal. Mm-hmm. Hogan had all the appeal in wrestling, but he just couldn't make the transition to legitimate acting and legitimate movies and TV. Which is crazy. Yeah, he did try. Yeah. He did make some attempts, but he was still Hulk Hogan playing, you know, an alien yeah. or something <laughs> like that. He's in Three Ninjas yeah. 4. Yes. Yeah. Suburban Commando. <laughs> yeah. The worst of the Three Ninjas. Oh my God, Suburban Commando. I loved it. Uh, his yeah. most viewed film is probably his sex tape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which ruined Gawker. Yeah. So there's that. Shout out to Peter Thiel. <laughs> Keeping it real. You know? Look, who, who you got four. in there, number four? Number four. Oh, man. This is a tough one. Um, you know, right now, uh, I'd have to stay Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Stone Cold that's, Steve Austin. That's the respect that? name. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was... Uh, he... Uh, it's because Stone Cold said so. Yeah, because Stone Cold <laughs> said so. Yeah, he, he was... He was just everything. He was, uh, you know, watching that kind of stuff in middle school. It just lit you up while you were watching. And he was just an attitude, no fucks given, you know, middle finger to everyone. It was the uh, the the plight or the, what's the word for it? It man, was a representation of what the, the, the working epi- the man wanted of... to uh, wanted to do. Everyone has got that angst about, against their boss. And you're like, you know, I just want to flip him off and kick him in the nuts type of a thing. Man, that's what he was. Rough neck, you know, heavy hitter, heavy drinker. He really represented the very attitude, attitude era too. Like, yeah. If you think of that, you're thinking of Stone Cold. What? What? The attitude era. What? He had the most attitude <laughs> era in what? the whole. I'm I'm trying to tell you what that he <laughs> had the most attitude. Listen, son, I don't give a damn what you think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're on to number. Th- Three. Number three. I'm going with um, Sacramento's area code six one nine. Ray Mysterio. I believe that's nine one six. I know. <laughs> I just, For the dyslexic know, out just, there, <laughs> it would be Sacramento's area code. I just don't know where the actual area code of nine one six is. <laughs> it's 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 the SD. Your your S and D's down in SD if you're representing the six one nine. Well, there you go, Ray Mysterio. Yes. Uh, the first guy that I ever saw do like crazy ass flips shit. and shit yeah like yeah. stuff that i was just like what yeah you got you got to respect a cruiserweight yeah and and a legit luchador yeah yeah like anybody that can uh, wear a mask while they wrestle good 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 on you that's a lot of sweat i'm proud of you that's a lot of sweat and a yeah. lot of plastic sticking to your face <laughs> i would say going to my number three i would have to say um 
This is a toughie. So my top three is 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 very iffy at best. So so bear with me um, with my answers. Number three, I will have to say it would have to be. I would, I would just say Mick Foley as one because all three of his characters I thoroughly enjoyed, thoroughly respected, all different on their own level, but yet they were all the same person. So Mick Foley, also known as Dude Love, also known as Mankind, also known as Cactus Jack. The awesome. hardcore legend. Suck, fella. Yeah, the, the master of <laughs> El Saco. Excellent choice. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. It's a solid one. All right, my number three uh, hasn't wrestled for a while, and his UFC career isn't going that great, oh, but no. I'd go with uh, CM Punk. Oh, CM Punk. I, that's, that's, that's a surprising one. Yeah, uh, he, uh, you know, dynamite on the microphone, great in-ring technician. He was awesome, very entertaining, even more entertaining when he was being a heel rather than, than a face. Mm. Just always fun to watch. The straight-edge superstar. Yeah, oh, God, he was so good in that role. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Yeah. My number two. Oh, no. Speaking of two, I'm going with two people. No. I'm going with the Dudley Boys. Oh, you did it. You did it. Yep. Why? Uh, I actually was more of a Hardy Boys fan in those early <laughs> days. But then as I grew up, I, I've come to love their gimmick more. Than Sloppy, them. wasty gentlemen. That's exactly right. <laughs> Fair enough. And then when they introduced Spike, just like Spike had no business being out there all Spike, the time. Spike, the, 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 stage, the stage speed speed uh, uh, dealer. Yep. Also user. <laughs> and the, uh, they you can that, either confirm or deny those allegations. They had a great, they had a great finisher. Oh, they did. Yeah, the Dudley Death Drop. Yep. Yeah. Dudley Death Drop. You always get the tables. Yep. Make sure you get them damn tables. You don't get them tables. Love a guy dying through tables. Of course. Yeah. Just straight death through those fiberboard, already pre-cracked Steven, your numero dos. Okay. So this is a t- this has been a tough one for me. So I'll give the I'll give number two um, where respect is due, just because of the the star power that he has, just because of the greatest the the great influence that he has on on, uh, on the entertainment industry, not just film, not just ju- not just TV, not just uh, wrestling itself, but music, a a cultural phenomenon, if you will, and he's also still in the ring when he wants to be at seventy six. 80 years old whenever he wants to be he is a legend a wwe hall of famer a multi-time a (laughs) multi-time world heavyweight champion you are disrespecting the name sir don't don't do that uh a multi-time wwaef champion Uh, it's debatable but it is the one and only the legend the nature boy rick flair Woo! Woo! yeah rick flair makes sense he's a legend Kind of a creepy old dude, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, very creepy. <laughs> Almost undead-like nowadays. Oh, yeah. All right. But shout-out to Rick Flair. Charlotte uh, Flair. Uh, Charlotte's actually pretty all right for considering dude, who her dad is. Dude, she's yeah. solid. She's yeah. she's good worker. Uh, my number two, and uh, got to go with this just because of uh, recent events. And, well, not even, not even just because of that, but because he was great. Uh, in his initial run, and he's coming back now. Going to have his return match at WrestleMania, Daniel Bryan, oh, which is very yes exciting. Uh, his his um, you know it, it's transcending WWE, the Yes Chant. You see it all over the damn place. Yeah, yeah that's Remember true. seeing that at like college basketball games, and UFC, Giants games, yeah, UFC yeah. fights. Giants did it too. Yeah, people would start doing the Yes Chants all over the place. It he, was great. It's infectious. He definitely transcended uh, sports without even like being an active. Yeah, member without of, even crossing over. Yeah, uh, yeah, on anything. 
It's incredible. So it's, yeah, uh, great story by Daniel Bryan by being too concussed to, to perform, yet he's now able to come back to doing a sport he loved. Still was involved yeah. in the sport when he wasn't allowed to wrestle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, very inspiring. Yeah, really. Yeah, good story very cool. His, that match, I, my, I, I'm kind of. That's the one that I would watch. Shane and it's Shane and Daniel versus. There's KO and Sami Zayn. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, doggies. So. Uh, all right, I'm on board with that. My who, number who one. Swagger Jack, your number one spot there, Nick. Um, I'm trying to <laughs> say something Swagger. that hasn't been uh, chosen already, so I'm gonna go. I think I know who's. I think I know who Stephen's number one is, you which better. is why I'm taking him, his, him, his brother, oh cousin, no. whatever he is. I'm taking Mr. Kane. Mr. Wow. Kane. That's <laughs> your number one. That's I don't know why. I just like I would pick Undertaker, but I'm not going to because fucking Undertaker. You can pick Undertaker. He's not my number one. He's not your number one. No, I wish. Oh, then I'm choosing Undertaker. Okay, there you go. Now, why is it the Undertaker? <laughs> oh, just because of the way he sits up. That's the easily the best thing in all of yeah, wrestling. Best intro. He's he's the best gimmick. He was the, one of the best characters. He had the best entrance. He had the best finishing moves. He oh, he, he was the legend. He made the best out of what would have been a shit gimmick yeah. for anyone else. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a zombie. Yeah. All right. And he sits up so fast. Tall oh. zombie. Yeah, he made it work. And Long he's, hair. Yeah, just intimidating Man. figure, huge human being. And even when general. he had his like Limp biscuit gimmick going on, it still yeah. worked. <laughs> it still worked. Because he was, badass. yeah, he was the American <laughs> badass because he w- still looked like a biker. He still looked like a guy who could kill you. He still looked like an undead man on a, on a motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. Without question. He definitely would be my number one, but I have to put him in the honorable mention uh, category just because he tra- he transcends any list. He's like, he <laughs> okay. is an entity. He is, he is a, a phenom. He is the phenomenon. Um, I still listen to his music. He literally died multiple times. <laughs> multiple yeah. times. I and still pulled the live matches were real. They, they put him in a casket. He had to have died. Why he's else actually, would they do he's that? He's actually a cat, and he's gone through eight of his lives already, <laughs> exactly. so he's not coming back exactly. to fight John Cena at WrestleMania this weekend. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Oh, no, he'll show up. Yeah, he's definitely Something will happen. He's got to. Well, Kid Rock's going in the Hall of Fame, so of course he's going to show up, but he's going to be American Badass. This is... Yeah. Other people talking to me. I just want to say, their, their information. before I even get into my number one, I just want to say how much of a travesty last year's WrestleMania was, just solely on the fact that that the Undertaker lost his only WrestleMania to Cock Lesnar. I might add. <laughs> oh, that was thirty. Yeah, that was WrestleMania yeah. thirty, and then yeah. he lost again to Roman Reigns last year. Yeah, like this that is was... this is horrible. Why would you give that record up? Like, there's the whole reason why it was a record. It was a gimmick itself. Why would you? Taint that record by doing something like ah, that. You gotta build up the uh, the unbeatable monster. Uh, that's how you get people to boo Brock Lesnar. Is Cock Lesnar undefeated? No. Oh, okay. See, there you go. See, then they're all, they're in shambles. They're in shambles. All right. Number one. Um, he is a legend. He he has passed on to the to the alternate dimension. Um, all praises to the high and mighty. Uh, tag team champion, King of the Ring, Survivor Series champion, World World Wrestling Entertainment champion, WCW champion, the one of the greatest personalities in sports entertainment history, who's 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 sadly unsung more more so than uh you know less so than The Rock. He was known as the compatriot to Hulk Hogan. He was an adversary to Hulk Hogan. He was a tag team champion with Hulk Hogan, and he also what like uh, Hulk Hogan also slept with his stage wife. Uh, uh, he he is the man who went through multiple iterations. This is the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah. 
I could do his voice, oh, I would. Yeah. I would. I would dominate it. But what you gonna understand is he's gonna come in and he's gonna go off the top rope and he's gonna give you the flying elbow because he's the <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage and he doesn't let up until it's over. <laughs> That's my number nowhere. one. Hey, freak boy, you ain't going nowhere. I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. R.I.P. Macho Man. R.I.P. Great, great list you, you put together there. Lucas, you're number one. All right, number one all time. My personal favorite, um, and he was at the top of his game when I was really getting into wrestling um, and loved him uh, when he was a good guy, loved him when he was a bad guy, and he's a... Uh, He's a rock star. You know, Chris Jericho, Y2J. And people keep him lower down on the list, but he is my personal favorite. Uh, and always, always awesome. I remember watching uh, the match against Triple H, and Earl Hebner gave him a quick count and awarded him the title. And I was so pumped. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is the greatest thing ever. Because it was on an uh, episode of Raw or SmackDown. It wasn't oh, even yeah, on a pay-per-view. An yeah. And it was so cool. And then the re- decision got reversed because it was a fast count. I was like, man. And I've hated Triple H every second of the day. Since <laughs> <laughs> Jericho is one of the, the best to he's do He's transcending. It. He's still, I still enjoy the shit out of Jericho. Oh, yeah. Christian. Constantly oh, yeah. Re- reinventing himself, doing different stuff. Yeah, he always gets it. He's a rock star. Yeah, he's, he's a, rock a rock star. star. Lead singer of the band Fozzy. Check him out. They're a good show. <laughs> Fozzy Fozzy. Waka waka. <laughs> waka waka waka. And uh, a special bonus one, uh, entr- entrance song. Pick one entrance song from anybody. There's only one. There's only one. Yeah. It's The Undertaker. It's the Undertaker's theme song. It's iconic. Every time you know what it is, you just need to hear the Kurt gong, Angle. and you know who's Kurt Angles. Up. That's Kurt great Angles one. is a good one. Yeah, yeah that's great. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle's on a on a on a list of his own. The most the one of the better athletes to to go into sports entertainment, I would say, is Kurt Angle. Uh, uh, entrance yeah. music. Yeah. Um, guilty pleasure of mine was Santino Marella's entrance music. Which was that kind of techno opera stuff, but currently I'd say uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance music is on point. Is it uh, really cool? Is it super Japanese? Is it more violins and they're playing it in like hockey arenas? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah, People are getting pumped up. What what do you what do you think? Mine's just the big show. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just I sing that song all, no. I sing that song all the time. Like I'll just walk around and be like hey, hey, hey. <laughs> But my my version is always much more intense than I remember, than the actual version because whenever I watch it again I'm like, oh, it's not as good as I remember it. But then yeah. like three days later I'll be like hey, 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 just back to singing my original version. It's so. like Eddie Vedder and uh, and Chris uh, and, uh, hey, and now it's time for the game portion of the evening. Oh, finally. Yes. We only have time for one game. Oh. Yep. And this game is called... Choose Your Destiny. <laughs> and in this game, we each come up with our own wrestling name, our own uh, gimmick, intro song, and finisher move. Gimmick would be like similar yeah. to matching the yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I, I, I'll, need to, I'll need a little bit of time. I can go first because okay. I, I think I've got mine mostly ready. Okay. Uh, my name is Nick Lyons, in case anybody had forgotten <laughs> since the beginning of the podcast. Or, uh, so I just wanted to set that out there. Okay. It's going to inform my decision. <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm finishing, Kyle, quickly name your top five. Because you've already. My done. top five? Yeah. Yeah, Wrestling? quick top quick, five. Quickly. Oh. Quickly. Five. Uh, Jericho, Kane, 
uh, Stone Cold Rock Undertaker. And that's a fact. You can take that to the bank. Kyle's wrestling name would be Fact Boy. <laughs> and his intro song would be like, now that's the facts. Just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> facts, ma'am. <laughs> Just the facts. <laughs> Just the facts. And then it's quickly mistaken for the word facts. And he's, a, he's like a 1990s wrestler. <laughs> that you can't send any paper documents unless you're off the phone. And, uh, and you're getting off Can't forget the cover letter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You need yeah. a cover letter. So my wrestling name is, uh, uh, I'm first coming up in the WWE. I'm a I'm pretty exciting new prospect. A lot of people don't know about me. And uh, I, I come out and the everything's black. And then all of a sudden, it's just like these, these orange glows start to come up. Before any music, it's just orange glows. And then all of a sudden, you hear like, and it's got to be in my voice so that we don't get sued by the Lion King. Okay. But I will, it, and then it just goes like, until it's like a resounding chorus of like African music. And then out comes Lion Cub. It's a Lion Cub. He'll power bomb us all. And then I come out and I... Uh, I'm definitely on all fours, and I'm dressed as a lion, like legit, dressed as a lion. Do you wrestle on all fours? Oh, I, I try to do as much as possible on all fours. Nice. And then uh, I have like a huge mane and everything that okay. I, I might take off during wrestling. I'm not sure. Okay. And uh, I, I come to the ring. People love it. I grab babies, and I hold them in the air like while I'm walking <laughs> down. It becomes like my thing is like I That's take people's gimmick. babies yeah. and like hold them in the air. Okay. And then... Uh, What's your, what's your I signature? Get in, I get in the ring, and then once I'm wrestling, uh, my finisher is definitely called Pride Rock. Pride Rock. <laughs> nice. Where I, I walk a, a guy up to the top rope, and I stand behind him, and then I just throw him off. <laughs> throw him <laughs> off into the stampede throw, of wildebeest. Yeah, th- <laughs> throw him off Pride Rock. Brother! <laughs> Long live the king. Yeah, I say that every time. Yeah. He just <laughs> comes up close to him, right to his face. Long but the, the thing about Lion Cub is that there's two phases, Lion Cub. First, I, I come in the, into wrestling, and I'm, I'm just beaten down constantly. Sure. Like, I am, I'm a jobber. It's called a jobber, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a jobber at its finest. Like, they just send me in. They're like, we need Lion Boy out there. <laughs> like, send him out. <laughs> and then there's a transformation period where I go and meet my Timon and Pumbaa. Nice. And then, I, and then I come back as Lion King, and that's when I'm, like, a legit heavyweight contender. And uh, I probably develop a new... I don't know what that Keep is. Keep right rock. Yeah. But yeah, that's a line, 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 line cup. Line cup king. Line cup king. I Who like is uh, Timon and Pumbaa? Uh, Rhino is yeah. definitely. Oh. Rhino? Definitely I, was thinking, I was thinking Rikishi. Rikishi could be Pumbaa. I'll pull him out of retirement. Tajiri could be. Yeah. Pull Rikishi out of the grave, sir. R.I.P. <laughs> Thanks, Fact Corner, oh for, for just feeding me bullshit. Why don't you just have a dead wrestler as a friend? <laughs> I think Chris Jericho would make a great Timon. Yes, he would. Yeah, he would be my Timon. Rhino, or, Rhino would be my Pumbaa. It would be yeah. it would be Chris Jericho or Theodore Long as Timon. That'd be, <laughs> yeah. that'd be your best. Um I would say, uh, <clears throat> so I'm reaching back into my archives for this. This was a character that I developed as a child because, of course, we all did pro wrestling as children. This was one of my characters. He was known as just simply Fire. 
<laughs> just fire. And he would wear uh, he would wear f- uh, p- pants with flames. He would wear the wrestling pants with flames. He'd come out to yes, that's right, people. The Ohio players fire because yeah. that's the song yeah, that you come be. out to if you're fire. That's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, so I'd come out to that song, and then my finishing move would be the flamethrower. It'd basically be a uh, a backbreaker off the top rope sort of situation. Yeah, that's it. Keep it simple. Fire. I'm at. Oh, I'm I would definitely here. want like a DDT type to be my. I would do. I'm not trying to snap next. Oh, I would. I'd probably do a DDT off the top rope. That would be my. That'd be Pride Rock. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good one. I like that. That's yeah. that's immediate death. Yeah, that that's, that sounds kind of dangerous, but uh, it is what it is. Lucas, who do you got? Uh, mine. Uh, still working on the name. Okay. But I think I've got an idea. Do you need a minute? I can uh, I can no, fill a minute I got for it. you. Probably. Uh, Lovely Luke. The, yeah, lovely or luscious uh, Luke. Luscious Luke. L- luscious Luke. Lucius. Uh, luscious Lucius. Sounds kind of like a one percenter kind yeah, of a thing. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, come out to uh, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me by the Culture Club. Okay, yes. It's like, how are you going to fight a guy that comes out listening to that? It's, it's Can't take Do it you seriously. really want to hurt me? Yeah. Do you really want to make me cry? That's mind games. Yeah. That's what that Plain is. Yeah, what's your outfit, though? That's, uh, I need yeah. to know that. God, that that, that a... would kind of make it or break it. I kind of see, like, I want to say, like, bondage straps. And, no, I see hearts and kisses. <laughs> I see kisses. Uh, like maybe, Mr. like, like kind of like lederhosen almost. But, you know, I like def- like, a, like an overgrown child. Ooh, I like like the little hat and the little yeah. spinny. I would love, like, yeah. exposed belly is what yeah. I Oh, I'm yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Definitely some glasses. Who hits a guy with glasses? Come on. What kind of asshole kids hits a kid with glasses? Finishing move. Uh, the uh, I'm going to steal this one from a spot I saw done by a guy named uh, Gentleman Jervis Cottonbelly. Ooh. <laughs> okay. uh, he caught a guy jumping off the top rope and then started swinging him back and forth like a baby. And and the guy fell asleep in his arms. <laughs> and then he laid him down on the ground and went to the crowd and shh, put his finger up to his lips, shushed the crowd. Everyone was quiet, and even the ref got in on it. And they do the count real slow and quiet. <laughs> and then the guy just woke up. But that would be my finishing move. Nice. Wow, rock you'd someone rock to sleep. sleep. Like, that I, would automatically who needs be violence my... when I can win through other means. That'd be my new favorite finisher, <laughs> without a doubt. I would I would love to see that. I think the crowd would love to see that too. Or, you know, you could go the Joey Ryan route and have the hammer dick of the gods. <laughs> you do the dick plex. Have you guys seen those things online? No, no. Uh, the guy does hood slam every once in a while here okay. in Oakland. And uh, he is uh, the king of sleaze, Joey Ryan. People come up and try to grab him by his junk. But his dick is so powerful that he can thrust his hips and it suplexes the person who grabbed <laughs> onto his dick. <laughs> Amazing. That's great. Yeah. That's this the finisher. Real. This that, is real. I'm an adult and this is what I like to watch yeah. and, and spend my disposable income on. I just may have to go there. <laughs> there it's go. Friday. Luscious Luke. And uh Fire and uh Lion Cub. The Lion Cub King. <laughs> Lion Cub King. <laughs> Sounds like Cupcake. I think that they would all be wrestlers that would never make it to WWE. <laughs> We'd make it to NXT and then we lose. It's yeah. okay. Kyle. Right. Uh are you going to stick with Fact Boy? <laughs> or is it Fat Boy? Uh, nah, I don't need to describe one. <laughs> it's the Kit Kat. It's the Kitty Cat. Send in your ideas for Kyle's, <laughs> for Kyle's wrestler name and gimmick, and uh, we will put them on the website. Definitely. And, or at least on the Facebook or the Twitters and the Instagrams, really anything. Probably uh, a Photoshopped image of Kyle. Yes, in, that's exactly right. So uh, send it over, and we will be happy to uh, oblige and embarrassing our producer, Kyle. Sure. <laughs> Let's just look. We like to finish off the podcast with our own personal blurbs about the movie. Yeah. Um, so you could one, describe the movie in one to two sentences, one to two overall sentences. consensus of how you feel. Of how I feel about it? Yes. 
uh, well, you know, I feel about this movie about the same way I feel about professional wrestling. It's oftentimes ridiculous, sometimes downright bad, but when it's good, it's really good. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I just love that. Simple, straight, to the point. I like it. I like it. Um, if I had to give it a blurb, I would say uh, an extremely guilty pleasure of mine um, that I'm unafraid to revisit every quarter. That's that's a lot of viewings. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Trust me. That's a lot of moon cycles that you're uh, revisiting this. <laughs> hey, movie the time. vernal equinox is the quintessential time to watch Jimmy King take back his crown. Uh, I'll have to say that I wasn't ready, but I'll still rumble. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's great. And uh, thanks, Luke, for coming on. Thanks, Luke. Thank we, you guys for having me. We it's appreciate a wrestling and a uh, a film guy. And you're you're welcome back on any time. Yeah, when you guys pull up Transformers, I'll. Uh, I'll be oh there. yeah! Now that we know, now that we know you're actually in the credits. This yeah. will uh, definitely boost us back to the level that we're at right now. The high is wearing off though, and we're uh, we're getting ready to fall back down in our rankings. We're back at baseline. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, but great twentieth episode, Stephen. Always a pleasure. Hey, always a pleasure too, Nick. And you know what we always say at the end of this thing: keep it real. Keep it rotten. Yeah. <laughs> no, stay but real. Yeah, that's stay right. rotten. Do whatever you want. Yeah, whatever. Send us a new idea to end our podcast on. No, it's okay. It's okay. been real. It's been fun. Hey, it might have been real fun. Eh, I think it was. <laughs> bye. 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 Some films are ripe, some films are rotten We like our potatoes, our gratin You ought to film, but you can't even But here comes Nick and Steve And they break it down, they turn it out And when it was over, you on to shout I want my money back that was real rotten Real fucking rotten